Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed, plus lots of bonus content, including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. You will also get bonus content every month, including the audio versions of my regular columns for ESPN. So do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so. Maybe even strangers in the street. Love you. And you're back in the room. Remember when you clicked your heels and wished for Kansas? Sorry, (laughs) you ended up here. It's the big interview. I'm Graham. It's good to have you on board. If it's the first time, well, you're in for a treat. If If you're a regular listener, you're in for a treat too. So welcome to the big interview podcast. If you enjoy this, tell people, leave a review. We'll be eternally grateful, and you'll feel good about yourself. Today, our guest is Kevin Campbell, once of Arsenal, Nottingham Forest, Trabzonspor, Everton and West Brom. And I mentioned in the early stage of this interview that he's a real rarity. Football is an industry where heroes can be made quickly, but it's extraordinarily rare that any footballer is extremely popular at all the clubs where he's played. For Kevin, that seems to come naturally. There's affection for him everywhere, partly for the way he played, what he achieved, his manner. He's one hell of a person, huge personality, but he was good at his job. 
That popularity I'm talking about is most certainly the case in Turkey. And we're going to take him and you back in this first part to a recent trip to Trabzon and why Mr. Campbell still stops the traffic there. It's an extraordinary story. Listen out for the bit where he first realises that his dream partnership with Pierre van Hooydonk is about to be broken up, that his new deal at Forest might not be materialising, and listen out for how he finds out about that. There's also plenty across these two parts of the interview for fans of all the clubs that Kevin played for, and for anybody who's interested in the texture and the colour, the madness, the fun of football, Kevin's career's got it all. Great stories, a colourful, exceptionally successful life in a sport that we all love, featuring one of the Premier League's terrific number nine strikers, Mr Kevin Campbell. Cheers, beginning of you listeners. Celebratory glass of vodka here. Larger than normal? Are you surprised? The reason for celebrating isn't because we're recording this near Christmas. It's because we've got a gem of a guest. Somebody who scored goals and showed his ability everywhere he went. But you already know in football, it's very rare to be loved at every club you've been at. But our guest today, Kevin Campbell, was exactly that. And what's more... Not only has he said he'll join us, but he's here in person. Months after the pandemic kicked in, we're back across the table. Kevin Campbell, I owe you so much for joining us. Just to be able to look across the table at a guest and say, (laughs) body language counts in conversations. It does. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. And, And energy as well, Graham. I think the energy... Having a straight interview as opposed to being on a Zoom call or just an audio call, you can bounce off, and I really enjoy that. So I enjoy, I enjoy speaking to you anyway. You so. give off all my... I mean, I, I'm notorious. People try and slap me down because I'm a little bit tigger from Winnie the Pooh, bouncing around in yeah. stripey. I am bouncy, bouncy, cool. bouncy, bouncy, fun, 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 fun. But you've got an element of that joy of life and joy of the profession and, and still spending time speaking about it. It radiates off you. That's natural, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel so empowered to have played the game and to still be in the game speaking about it because I think the insight from every pro is different and there ain't a lot of pros who have been to the clubs I've been and done what I've done in the game so I embrace it Graham I really do I'm I'm so happy to be here and I can't wait to tell my story well recently we had on Alan McAnally and I wanted with Alan to to take our listeners beyond because Alan's got a brilliant buoyant personality Mm -hmm. which in Sky people have kind of said well that must be him but I knew there was more to him and one of the things I wanted to bring out was that when I went to I think the I was covering Manchester United in the treble season and they played Bayern Munich in the group not just in the final we went there and we bumped into Alan who was over doing work and having a couple of beers and this, I'm relatively sure it was the old Olympic Stadium it was because the, the new stadium opened in 2006 for the World Cup 
And just in that little concourse coming into the Olympic Stadium, the place stopped. The reason I mention this is, the comparison is, I was speaking to somebody today who was like, I was in Trabzon with Kevin. And this is a Turkish city of Trabzon on the Black Sea. And he said, it was stunning. 20 years after a relatively short spell as a star there, the city centre came to a standstill. Now that, to me, breathes class. And and if you can inspire love in a city where you were only there very briefly, you didn't speak the language, first of all, have I described the scenes that day correctly? Yeah, you did. And I warned the crew and the guys of kind of what to expect because the great thing about social media, Graham, is you can connect. Even though you're, you're far away, you can connect with, with fan base. And the fan base all seem to reach out to me and they still call me King Kev and, you know, Crowley's King and, and stuff. And I still have friends um, who are Trabzon fans who are they're dotted all around Turkey now but they say you know you will forever be in the heart of Trabzon fans so obviously I go back for the first time in 20 years I'm not sure what to expect I'll be honest with you because they've got a new stadium training grounds still the same my old teammate Unal was the was the coach he's not the coach no longer now but he was the coach then and it would be great to go back see Shafiq who was the master, still the master there now. But to just see the city, because a lot has, has, has changed in the city. So we go back and we, we, we land, and we're at the airport, and, you know, people don't know me at the start, which is great. And then all of a sudden, one of the security guys looks at me, <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose at the airport. And, you know, this is, this is in the dead of night. So we leave there and we go to the, to the new stadium and we take a few pictures and the security guards at the stadium come out and we're taking pictures and they're, they're calling friends and I'm talking to people, etc. get to the hotel. And the guys say, you know, what is it? Why? I said, well, I was here eight months and I connected with the fans. The fans connected with me. And that's the best compliment I could pay to any fan base and I could pay for myself that when a player and a fan base connects it's fire it really is fire so the next day you know we're going around get to the training ground no actually we go to we go downtown because we've got to get some paperwork stamped and Graham you're not going to believe this so we're waiting to get through to the security and in the next building, one of my friends' friend works there. So he comes out and he's there and I'm looking at him and we hug each other. So he gets us into the building where he is and it's like an official building and all the workers come down and we all sit down outside and we're having a coffee and a tea and we're all talking football and it's all telling stories about when I was there and walking in the town and people are following me in the town. And the guy's like, well, so we finish that and we go into the town, park up and we start walking. Stand still. Stand still. <laughs> Police have to turn up. 
there's roadblocks, you know, there's people coming out of shops and all sorts. And it's it's not older people. It's old, middle-aged, young. So the legend's been passed down. It's been passed down. Wow. And for me, that is, you can imagine, I'm, I'm surprised because I think oh, the old people who yeah. were there when I was there would know me. But no, the youngsters know. So the legacy has been passed down, which I think is, it, it, it shocked me, to be honest, Graham. I meant what I said, that the more I researched, and I've spoken to a couple of teammates, and I've spoken to fans of clubs where you did your magic, and I know there are certain match days, I know there are certain areas of certain cities whereby something similar might happen. Mm. But that possibly is the most extreme. Now, could you have lived that way all your life? Because certain cities are like that all the time. Certain stratospheres of footballers have that all the time. If we go in, I know that your love of music is maybe as big as your love of. If you're successful in the music industry, you, you're literally like that. Yes. Kind of twenty four seven. Certainly, yeah. as long as you're in mode. Could you have lived like that throughout your your playing career? Yeah, Graham. I think I could have. I, and I, I, here's the reason why: Who plays football to just be normal? <laughs> no. You play football to make a difference. Now, and if you're a striker, you play football to be the guy, to make that difference. So if you do your job, mm-hmm. you're going to be coveted, you're going to be held to a, to a high standard. And that's the name of the game. You don't go to clubs if you don't think you could do the business. Yeah, you see, but you had a good you know, all in 20, 25 years in the, in the profession, yeah. that, that would suck energy out of you if it had been like that for 19, 20 years, giving you energy? You wouldn't have got bugged off in a time when things aren't going well? Or, well do you know Graham, what I mean? Graham, well, let's look at it this way. When I was coming through at Arsenal mm-hmm. and George Graham took over in 1986, that was my first year as a full-time that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get in that Arsenal first team. I wanted to win trophies. I wanted to score goals. I wanted to be recognised all my life as a professional footballer who could do the business. So, whatever level you go at, you get a modicum of adulation. And the higher up you go, Graham, is the more adulation you get if you do the business. But when you can reach the top, it's a big drop if you don't stick to the standards. That's the difference. We've seen players hit the top and fall with a crash. But to try and keep that level is very, very difficult. And I'm so pleased. One is the mentality. You have to enjoy it, Graham. You have to love it. Because if you don't love it, it's not going to mean enough to you to want to keep that so for me I think living with it I, I, I embraced it Graham I thought it was people going to be patting you on the back <laughs> when you do well yeah. and let's be honest we all know when we don't do well mm. and there were times even at Trabzon where we were under pressure you know people will point of course they will because that if you're the guy that's what they're going to do 
Well, we spoke to Shalez earlier in the series about moving to Turkey, and I want to put the because I want to touch on each phase of your career. Yeah. And believe me, London Colney, Pat Rice, yes. George Graham, my personal friend, I want to come to. But help us, tell me, put me back in the moment where you've knocked sixes out of the park at Forest, and Trabzon's offered to you. What's the what goes through your mind? Why did you accept? Was there a degree of trepidation because it isn't just abroad mm-hmm. it's a markedly different culture with a language that you're probably not going to be able to get hold of yeah. even if you'd stayed there you know eight years no eight months oh i suspect that anyway it's the meeting of asia and europe it's it's a very different so take us back to the moment your thought process was a trepidation why did you go yeah traps on baby that that's the dream well, it didn't quite work out like that, Graham. I've got to say, it didn't quite work out like that. I mean, we just got promoted for Nottingham Forest. Dave Bassett had offered me a new contract. We'd agreed. And he said, right, the contract's going to be ready Tuesday or Wednesday in the week. I go in Tuesday, contract's not ready, Graham. I go in Wednesday, contract's not ready. I go in Thursday, contract's not ready. I go in Friday, contract's not ready. So I ring him up and I say... Harry, I've been in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He said, leave it with me. So the next week, he says, it's going to be ready Tuesday, Wednesday. This is pre-season. Mm-hmm. So I go, in the, I go in the Tuesday, no contract. Go in the Wednesday, no contract. Go in the Thursday, Graham, no contract. I thought, do you know what? So I said, Harry, look, there's no contract, something's up. We're supposed to be going to um, pre-season tour at the weekend on the, we're training at the ground on the Friday and this is where things start to get funny we're training at the stadium so at the city ground we're training, we, we finished the session all of a sudden we could hear this chanting going on from the car park at the city ground next minute in the corner is where an ambulance would come. It's like a gap between the train yeah. end stand. There's about 50 Trabzon fans. I've come round the corner. <laughs> I don't know who they are. <laughs> and they're, they're singing and chanting. I don't know, because I've not even been told anything about Trabzon. <laughs> but that was the first time I've even seen a Trabzon song. Get out of here. This is the truth. So we're all there warming down and stretching and stuff. Like, no, 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 no. Have they got a game against Notts County? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So go in, shower, and I come out, and they're all wanting to take pictures with me. So I'm thinking it's all the players they're taking pictures with. Yeah, the yeah. Players. Little do I know, I get home, the phone rings, and I'm told that the club have accepted a bid from Trabzonspor for me. You're not getting a new contract and it's in your best interest to take it. So there's me, back in the Premier League, I'm thinking, fantastic. All of a sudden, the club have accepted, because it's new owners, Irving Scholar was one of, the, yes. one of the main guys. Obviously, a deal had been done. I'm at the point of my career now where I'm thinking, let me see. Why not? Let me, let me see what's going on. Never been abroad. May never get the chance to play abroad. Yeah, it's Turkey. But if you don't go, you're not going to find out. 
Brilliant. Why not? Brilliant. I'm a boy from Brixton. I'm, you know, it, I can make it out of Brixton, Graham. I can make it anywhere. Trust me. That's my thought process. So, speak to my agent and... This was Stratford at the time? Paul Stratford at the time. And there was, a, there was some red tape to get through. So I was, I was, I was in London at the um, airport hotel for a couple of days. So we get to the airport. Just as I'm getting on the plane, my phone rings. It's Pierre Van Oydonk. <laughs> tell, me, tell me it's not true. Tell me it's not true. So I'm saying, Pierre, what are you talking about? So he says... The, the, the club of soldier. I says, no, I'm going for talks now. I'll speak to you when I reach Turkey. So I'll get on the plane, go over. <laughs> get off the plane and I call him. So I said, Peter, what's going on? So he said, if, if they sell you, Kev, I'm not going back. Because me and Pierre were the highest goal-scoring partnership you, in you, Europe. You'd knocked in in one season over 50 goals well, together. Well, 60-odd goals. Yeah, yeah. So Pierre says he's not going back. So I laughed. I said, Pierre, come on, don't be silly. You go back. And I know you're on a break because you're in international duty. Yeah. But I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what's, what's going on over here because why not? So get through the airport and as we're on our way out, there's 10,000 Trabzon fans at Istanbul Airport. It's not even Trabzon. No. And I'm taking them back. I'm like, so they're standing for you and that you the adulation is crazy I've not kicked a ball for the football club but it's the passion of the fans the fan base was incredible so I was like wow so we go and meet the Bashkan and the Ali Yilmaz and, and the people and we get talking and we're talking football etc and I said to the chairman you know I want to see Trampson and they said, no, you know, we want to sign the contract now. I says, no, 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 no. Smart. I want to see Trabzon. I want to see Trabzon. I want to know where I'm going to be playing my football. So, you know, they're de- deliberating and he says, um, okay. You and your, your, your people can go and see Trabzon. I says, Bashkan, don't worry. Let me go and see. Trabzon is a working class town on the Black Sea. It's not Istanbul, but it's a beautiful city. Okay. And we flew into Trabzon, and there was 15,000 fans at this small airport, and they were out the cars and the, the banners that me, my picture in, in Trabzon kits already. It, was, it really was like crazy. So I'll get, get to the training ground, to have a look around the training ground, and that's what done it, mm. Graham. When I looked at the training ground, the training ground put England to shame. Really? And I was thinking, you know, it's Turkey. I, you know, I might have to rough it a little bit. It was, it was better than what I saw in England. Facilities. Facility-wise, it was better. Mm-hmm. You had your own bedrooms at that, the training ground, etc., etc. Lovely pitches. Everything was meticulous. I thought, I could have some of this. I could have some of this. So went saw the stadium etc stadium was a, a, weren't the greatest 30,000 seat stadium except hey listen a ground's a ground training ground is where it really happens yes see the Black Sea beautiful sea, seaside town thought right I could have some of this so we flew back got back and I went into the meeting with the, with the chairman with a straight face you know 
<laughs> like I wasn't happy and you could see him, he was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, you know, we've seen Trabs on and he doesn't like it. And then I smiled and I put my hand across the table and he was over the moon and I signed the contract, etc. Went back to Trabs on the next day, met the players and that was the start of my uh, Trabs on Sport journey. Before the rest of this big interview, I'd like to tell you that our entire archive of audio and video content is now on our new YouTube channel. We've begun filming all of our interviews, and there are already loads of clips with guests, including Rio Ferdinand, Connor Cody, Brendan Rogers, and Jamie Carragher, plus full interviews for you to watch and to share. Please do share with friends. Go to YouTube and search Graham Hunter or click on the link in the show notes to this episode and become a subscriber. I honestly think you'll enjoy it. Thanks. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because there's so much to talk about in your career, you'll have to excuse me for skipping to two games. No, you have to. You have because to. for those, I think most people that listen to our podcast will already know a bit about Trabzonspor, will know a bit about Turkish football, certainly have to listen to Celez, who was brilliant on yeah. life in Istanbul. And he had a mentality a little bit like yours. He was open, he wanted to learn, he soaked it all up, he walked through the bazaars, he talked about the, the smells, the yes. sights, the, you the know, feeling. aromatic. The, it, feeling. the feeling's beautiful. Yeah. But... You played in, in two astonishing games. I think the late goal against Fenerbahce, um, one of the big two, three, bigger, I think, across history than Trabzonspor. Yes. But to play in a game against one of the most famous clubs in Europe, certainly the dominant club in Turkey, the one that everybody else loves to hate, yes. Yes. which is Galatasaray, yes. in the famous stadium, Ali Samiyen. Um, which... It's a pushy wee place. 
I think on that day of days for you, it held about 20,000 fans. But I've heard you talking about the racket, that you'd never heard anything like it. Without spoiling your story, because I'm going to hand to you like a good midfielder should, you play against Galatasaray, it's second v third. We're we're just past the anniversary, because it's in November. So the temperature would have been just about right for Mm -hmm. a Brit abroad, I think. If you you play that game in, in July, it's a different kettle of fish. But, I mean, if you could have picked a game in your life, having won trophies already, and you had, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd got promotion from Nottingham Forest, European trophy with Arsenal, the league, whatever. But something clicked for you that day, because we're talking about goals and an assist, and describe it. Well, I've got to, I've got to mention pre-game first. We get to Istanbul the Saturday. The game is on the Sunday. Sunday night, yeah. And for anybody who's listening to this pod, you've got to understand these games are life and death. Trabs on Spore are the only big team that are not in Istanbul. Hour and a half flight into Istanbul. So we get into Istanbul, we go to the hotel ground, and the Galatasaray band is already there. <laughs> <laughs> the drums and the horns and anybody who drives by who are Galatasaray beat their horns. So they're going to be there and it's on rotation. <laughs> it's on heavy rotation. So from the, uh, from the moment we got there till the moment we left the hotel. The, the idea is no sleep. No, well, no rest, no peace. There's no peace for anybody. You go on your walk, they follow when you're on your walk. They're making sure you can't even concentrate, Grab. It's crazy. So we... <laughs> <laughs> that Saturday afternoon, we actually left there and we went to a Trabs on Sports Supporters Club, do. And for me, this is like, wow. We left the hotel. We were there for about five hours, Graham. Sure. Before that, you know, it was... And there was pictures and you name it, it was going on. And it was about 5,000 Trabs on fans. Because now footballers are all delicate flowers. You must have, have them, must have them in a closed-off laboratory in the 24 hours before a game. Nobody can Nobody blink can an eye and breathe on them. Nobody exactly, can go it's no, Hollywood. No, this, but this was like this in was with the troops. close and personal with the fan base. Massive opportunity. Pictures, you name it. we done it. Got back to the hotel. Band were there. <laughs> Went up, had, had some food, everybody to bed. Got up, got up in the morning, have your breakfast, come out, the band are there, they're following you. You know, this is because the kickoff's that night, so it's the Sunday. Have the team talk, get out, bandwood is still there. Arm guard on the way to the stadium. But here's the great thing this was great. As we come out of the hotel and we get on the coaches, you have the outriders, mm-hmm. you have the two armored vehicles. Yeah. Like sort of. Arm, uh, as, as a small tank, small yeah, small armored vehicles like little tanks, baby tanks. Outriders, outriders behind. As we get on the coach, and as we're about to set off, about twenty Galatasaray friends out of a side street come, do the windows in, stones and bricks and stuff. Yeah, do the windows in Whoa. on the coach. Luckily, the coach double glazing. All right. And rubber bullets down the alley. <laughs> You know, to get to just disperse them, and off we go. But you could feel the atmosphere. That set the tone of the atmosphere for me. You loved it. Oh my God, it was like, yeah. 
So you get to the stadium and the, the charting's going on, etc. Getting to the to the the bowels of the Alice Amieni, you get into the dressing room and everybody's preparing. You could see some of the, the guys' faces are contorted with with nerves. And I'm I'm, I'm on the massage table ground. I've got Morat on one leg and Shafiq on the other. And they say, come on, this is your game. You know, this is your game. You've got to do it. I says, don't worry, guys. Because we've, we've, we've prepared for them. Yeah. They were a great side. You're talking about Hakan Shakur, who was probably one of the best strikers in Europe. A nine, a good striker. International. Hadji. One of the great modern footballers. One of the great modern footballers. Um, Popescu. Um, Tafarel in goal. Um, Brazilian World Cup keeper in goal. Chica Popescu, sweeper or centre-back, whatever, yeah? Centre-back, sweeper, whatever you want to call him. Dimitrescu was in there. <laughs> you had Ocan, Emre, Tugai. Wonderful team. Absolutely great team. You know, we had some fantastic... And, and uh, possibly Bola. coached by... I think coached by Fatih Terim. Fatih Terim. The number one... The number one Coach guy. of all time number in Turkey. Co- yeah, in Turkey. And, and they were perennial winners. They were perennial winners. Um, really top side. We had some good players. Mm-hmm. We had some good players. You know, Turkish internationals. Ogun was our captain. Abdullah was international left back. Short left wing back. Um, Unal, who was one of the darlings of, of, of Turkish football, and who, when I was in the under 21s, I watched him play in the main game, and he played against Paul Gascoigne, and he run the shot. Wow. And I was like, who is that? Okay. And I got to play with him. He, he was amazing. He was getting a little bit older. Did he, ev- he eventually became boss? Yeah. He, when I went back 20 years later, he was the He's boss. He was the boss. So that was the build-up to the game. So, you know, everybody's getting together, you know, right. We, we, so we get, we, we're going out. And at the Alice Abiyan, you come out behind the goal. The riot police have got their well, the shields shield. up. <laughs> and you, all you could hear is... Hitting the shields. And there's a little old boy with a bucket. <laughs> and... Get you rocks here! Get you rocks here! Rocks. They were like these little balls with nails in, coming over, just bouncing off, you know, just to intimidate you. (laughs) So he was putting them all in the bucket, you know. So we're going on the pitch, and I thought, Kev, just turn round. So I turn round. He's taking them back for round two when we're coming off. He's just taking them back to the fans. the experience was amazing. As soon as you get on the pitch, I mean, the music, the, the, the fans, the, the, the noise was incredible. Warm up, prepare, great atmosphere, welcome to hell. You, you saw it under Man United, it was, it was there. Cut the atmosphere with a knife. So we come back in, come bouncing off the right shields and you get in and the chairman comes in and has a six bodyguards come in, you know, chairman comes in the Bashkan and he's got Shafiq interpreting for me, you know, he said, this is a very serious game, guys. He says, you know, I've, I've got a bet on with the, the chairman of, of, of for, um, Galatasaray. It's really important you win today, guys. Really important. This is about pride mm. today, so... The masters were working even quicker. It was it was crazy. So he left. The masters were like, "Come on!" So we all got together. 
So we all went out and the game was was spectacular. It really was spectacular. There was controversy. There was goals. Eight of them. Eight goals. Um, I ended up... Well... Can I throw at you? Because I don't want to cut your flow. Your first goal, I think, is a microcosm of your career. You're in the right place. The strike is right-footed. It's really well-placed. It's good. Second goal I love... Um, kudos to the assist as well, which yes. I think people don't mention in this game. It's a hat trick in the game of it, I don't know if it's the game of your life, but the way you've built it up, the, the amount of pressure, the way in which you're still relatively new there. I am new. Halfway through your overall yeah. spell there, the chairman's in your case. The the golf balls with the nails and them are coming down. The calmness of the second one where. You like kind of show as if you go one way. You drag it with your right foot, and there's a little golf shot out the bunker with your left foot over the keeper, over Tafarel. Tafarel, who had he intentionally dissed you, or was it a mistake by him pre-match? You'd have to ask Tafarel that. But I was using everything. Ah, I was using because that's what you have to in battle, Graham. Throughout my career, I've used. People telling me I can't do it. Like it. That's fuel. That's fuel for me. He can't do that. You'd never make a pro. You know, you're a kid from South London. You're a kid from Brixton. You'll never make it out. You'll never play for Arsenal. you never do it. Really? Okay. So that was my fuel. So when I heard what he'd said, obviously he didn't know. Probably didn't know Kevin Campbell. Because it's either... Who's Kevin Campbell? Never heard of him. Or, oh, I don't know Kevin Campbell. And they're two different things, but to you, it's just material. I'm using that material to, to, to fuel me. And, and for those who don't remember, Kevin, you talked about Pierre being on international duty. Well, he'd been at the World Cup and yes. playing in a semi final in Marseille against Brazil. That's right. The very Brazil who went to the final in the Zidane final, the Ronaldo final, where he has a fit before. And Tafarel, if I'm not wrong, is in goal is in the goal? World Cup He's final. About, so that's July to November, is. Four months before this game, where you've three passed them in a 5-3 win. That's right. And why I go back to the second is that that absolute calmness. I'm not sure how often in your career you'd accept a comparison with a a Messi finish or a Gert Muller finish when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Because I thought your ability to know where the angle was, where the space was, timing of, of... I mean, you struck the ball really well, but also it wasn't just power. It was a knowledge of where this piece might be. But this is just absolutely a beautiful cut and a little dink. And that is when I, I think strikers, everything goes like crocodile inside them. It all goes quiet and cold. Yeah. And you're like, cool. I know. And, and that was, there was a thing of beauty. It was, a, it was, there was a cut. And the way we played, because we prepared so much. And this is, this is the thing that shocked me about Turkey. If you've got a game... On a Saturday, you're in camp from the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That's big. You're locked down. So, by in camp, you mean? By in camp, I mean you, you turn up in the morning. On the Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. And you are not coming out mm. until after the game. It was a sensational result. And I guess it's a small part of why 20 years later you can turn up unannounced and stop the city. But Graham, I've got, can I just add this bit? Yeah. There were two real points of that game that really stood out for me. Forget the hat-trick. I scored a hat-trick, which I'm so proud of. 
Galatasaray's first goal, mm-hmm. anybody... It wasn't over the line. It wasn't over the line. Yeah. But I had to speak to our captain and some of the players to continue because they were going to abandon the game. Because they thought it was a bent decision. Yes. And that, for me, you can clearly see it's not over the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The linesman flagged that it was over the line. It wasn't over the line. And some of your teammates in today's standards would have been sent off because they, they, before they think of chucking it, they, they harass they the They harass the ref, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, emotions are high. I mean, anybody who has ever played in a big game or been in high pressure, where we take the lead and then th- that goal is given. But I, I, I was speaking to the guys and I was look, guys, come on. We've got this. We've got them. We know what they're going to do. Let's play. Let's play. So that was one point. And the other point of this, Graham, was after the game, I'd, I'd met a disabled boy in a wheelchair. And I said, this game's dedicated to you. Mm, sensational. And after the game, it, it, there was 8,000 Trabs on fans there. Normally, away fans... You don't, danger. but Trabzon fans are everywhere. They're all <laughs> over, all over Turkey, especially Istanbul. So there was 8,000 Trabzon fans there and this um, disabled boy was there. And that moment, which I made that promise to him, you know, this game's for you. And I gave him my shirt after, and he, he burst out crying. And that for me is what it's all about. Sensational. Graham, that is what, the hat trick, great, but to win away and to do that, was it made it made my, my because time. you get paid you get occasionally get trophies that are special but to have gifts where you can gift something that another person in this instance it's this yeah. Trabs on kid who happens to be disabled but to be able to take your gifts and use them so that somebody else can feel yes. similarly to what you feel that's a big privilege oh massive privilege massive privilege before we end on Turkey we've got sponsors who keep us going so Bet365 has sent us this straight question. What was the main difference between playing in England and playing in Turkey? The difference. Yeah, the main difference was, for me, the technical aspect. I think England's gone that way now, where it's a lot more technical. But everything was geared to technical. How you build from the back. How the midfielders link with the forwards. There was real emphasis and onus on how it's all pieced together and as I said how the training was structured was totally different to how it's structured in England maybe because the, the elements the weather at times in England uh, but in Trabzon in the summer it's warm and in the winter it's cold so I was at home when it rains I was at home snow <laughs> it snows in Trabzon you know it was, it, it, I really enjoyed it but just the way things are structured and I remember coming back and I, when I was at, I joined Everton and I said to Everton, you watch Turkey in the next World Cup. You watch them. And they were saying, Turkey, get up. I said, I'm telling you, keep an eye on Turkey in the next World Cup. And they finished third in that World Cup. The only team to beat them was the team who won it was Brazil. They were very, very strong. They had some technically gifted players in that squad. And um, I was proud to, to go there and play for Trabzon Sport Football Club. Can we talk formation? I wasn't going to ask this, but you've mentioned that a couple of times. Brixton. Mm-hmm. Brixton growing up. Volatile. I remember 
in the late 70s, early 80s, I'd have been quite irate about sus laws. And oh. You would watch it. It was outright frightening, outright stunning what was going on in, in the capital of our country. What was your experience of it like? I had a, I had a happy upbringing, I've got to say. Didn't have a lot, but brothers and sisters, friends. Just loved playing football, obviously. For all the tough stop and search, those sus laws were, were rancid. Effectively, that meant that any cop could stop anybody in, th- in anybody in theory, but it would traditionally be anybody who is black, black, and for no reason, with no, no reason, background. search you, stop and search. I remember being stop and searched four times in an hour. Mm. How do you get stop and search four times in an hour? And that was walking to Brixton, mm. being in Brixton, and walking back. I got stopped four times. So that just tells you, it was rancid, it wasn't right, it was targeted, and it was downright racist. It was racist, the police were racist. But again, Graham, I, I wanted to, to make it out. I've always wanted to play football, I've always had that, that drive to play football, but you've got to use your environment to your You've got to use your environment to your benefit. You have to. Now, whether it's you use the sus laws or you use the, um, the fact that people are being racist, because football was racist back then. I went to my first game in 1977. That was t- to Arsenal. And I was shocked mm. because there was no racism there. Mm. I was seven years old, me and my friends cobbled together the money. We went up there, we couldn't afford to get in, so we had to kind of sneak in the North Bank. I'm a detail man. Everybody snuck in, but how was your sneaking in? Under turnstile? No. Lifting over? No, it's when they opened the, door, the gate to let people out. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big kid, I couldn't get underneath it. So when they opened the gate, we'd be in. And gone. And gone. Oh, there's thousands of people and they're not, they're not going to look for you. So we shot in. And seeing the green turf and seeing Arsenal play was just like... It was, it was magical. It really was magical. And I supported Arsenal way before then. But to be at Highbury and to witness it and see black faces and white faces supporting the team, it was, oh, it was unbelievable. But you have to use that environment to your benefit to progress. More fuel. It's more fuel again. I used it, always use that to be my fuel. The police, I went, I, the police are going to respect me. And they're only going to respect me when you do something. They're only going to respect you when you do something. So I wanted to be a pro. And when the policemen stop me and they realise who they're stopping... Hey, Kev, how you doing? Da, da, da. And that's what happens eventually. And th- that for me is, it's a bit like a, a legacy plan. You plan your legacy moving forward. So anytime you go back and people see you, they respect you. You're not disrespectful to anybody, but you're, in order to get where you want to get, 
sometimes, Graham, just through your own sheer will, isn't enough. You need some drivers and some, you need to light some fires underneath you. And those were the fires when I was young. Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true. Graham Hunter and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.